It was a warm spring day. All the windows were open in the room where the editors of the Tyler Favorite sat. Mrs. Becker sat at her desk, with her cocker spaniel at her feet and two fans blowing on her shoulders. The papers on the desk were held down with an assortment of paperweights, a rock, a bronze spaniel on point, a heavy glass ashtray full of half-smoked cigarettes. One was burning in the ashtray now, and Mrs. Becker adjusted the fan so that it blew farther up into the air. She was reading the column Sarah Conley had written that morning, and she was laughing. Mr. Becker sat five feet away at a matching desk. His fans were on the floor, and papers were stacked haphazardly on his desk. In the midst of the papers, he was adding up figures in an account book. He had inherited the favorite from his father, and he had kept it alive for twenty years, and he was going to keep it alive if he had to set the print himself. The people of Tyler, Kentucky, loved their newspaper, and he loved giving it to them and was going to keep on doing it. Witness the publicity they had been getting from the column the young girl sitting at the third desk was giving them. She was the daughter of a widowed friend, and she could write like a dream. She had only been writing the column for a few months, and already the mail was full of praise for her work. No one believes she writes them, Mrs. Becker said, and got up and took the paper she was holding and laid it down in front of him. Read this. I wouldn't change a word, would you? At the third desk, Sarah was drinking a Coke and smoking a cigarette she had borrowed from Mrs. Becker. She was fourteen years old, and already she was making fifteen dollars a week for two afternoons' work. She would not always be poor. That much was clear. All she had to do was keep on going the way she was going, and she would never, never, never be poor. Sarah was not poor now, but she was worried about it, because her father had died six months before, and her mother was worrying about money. All her mother talked about was money. Her father had died suddenly of a heart attack, and there was a mortgage on their house, and all her mother talked about to anyone who would listen was money, money, money. I don't know what we'll do about the house payments, she told people who came by to visit. I don't know what we'll do about the car, she told Sarah's grandparents when they phoned from Tennessee. I don't know what I'll do about Sarah's college, she told Mr. and Mrs. Becker when they came to call. Let Sarah come down to the favorite and work for us in the afternoons, Mrs. Becker had suggested. She's a big, strong girl. She'll be able to help. She reached out her hand and drew Sarah to her side. I was younger than Sarah when my father died, and there were five of us. At least you only have one child. It will be all right, Sally. Anyone in town will give you a job. There's an opening for a secretary at the high school. Go apply for that. George Minette would hire you in a minute. It would be good for you to get out of the house. Mrs. Becker was a distant cousin of Sally Conley's. She took over Sally's transition from a married lady to a widow. The job at the high school was duly applied for, and won. And fourteen-year-old Sarah was hired to come to the favorite office two afternoons a week, to help out and clean up ashtrays and walk the dog and write want ads. Less than a week later, she wrote her first column and turned it in, and the typesetter set it in print and put it in the paper. By the second week, they had thought of a name for the column and added a photograph of Sarah to the byline. The fourth week, a radio station in Nashville picked up the piece and read it aloud on a morning show. 
the station mailed Sarah a check for ten dollars. Mr. Becker read the column Mrs. Becker had handed him. When he was finished, he called Sarah over to his desk. This is very good, Sarah. Now I think you should take the rest of the afternoon and go over to the swimming pool and do a catch-up piece on how the pool is going. Here, he wrote a note on a piece of stationery. Take this over there and tell them I sent you to write a story about the pool. How long has it been open now? Two weekends and a week. Have you been there yet? No, I haven't had time. Well, go on. Your first columns helped raise the money. They should give you a lifetime pass. Wait a minute. He reached in his pocket and brought out a twenty-dollar bill. Buy a season ticket for the newspaper. A summer's pass. I want several more columns about the pool. Sarah took the money and the piece of paper and put them in the pocket of her shirt. Ever since she had begun the job at the favorite, she had been wearing shirts with pockets. Her father had worn shirts with pockets when he went to work in the mornings. He was an engineer who had worked for the government inspecting road jobs. Every morning he had dressed in clean khaki pants and a white shirt with two pockets, one for his papers and one for his pens. He had worn work boots and a wide-brimmed hat, and had been a handsome, laughing man. It seemed impossible to believe that he was dead. One minute he was alive and the world was safe. The next day he was dead, and her mother couldn't stop crying and saying they were poor.